How's it going, everyone? Once again, I'm Robert Johnson, and like, and I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of my podcast. Previously, on episode one, I discussed a few th- things we can all do that can make a big impact. Today, I'll be focusing more on the aspect and reasons as to why many of us seem to be lethargic to act. Instead of relying on facts and data, this episode will consist of more or less my own thoughts and speculation on the subject, along with the views of a couple others. I will use my own experience, actions, and observations to take a stab at the understanding what I believe the causes are. By no means do I want anyone to take my word as unchallengeable truth, but rather compare it to their own observations, experiences, and speculation. Could it be a lack of caring? I can definitely say that I've known many people in my life who just don't care. This is probably the easiest one to explain as the answer is so simple. It's extraordinarily hard to get someone to act on something they don't believe or care about. Someone who doesn't believe in climate change or doesn't have a passion for the outdoors will likely not heed any advice from those who do. I think that's one of the greatest challenges the climate movement faces today. How do we convince non-believers to care? I often wonder this and have yet to really find an answer. If any of you have some input on this, feel free to email me your thoughts at rojo7361 at colorado.edu. The answer to this requires evidence beyond numbers and statistics, and until that is found, I don't think much ground can be gained. Then again, I know so many people who really don't care, who really do care and still don't make an effort to act on it. I know for sure I've been guilty of leaving my fan on or opening a window when the heat was on. I really couldn't tell you why I'd do it. I know better, but I just did because maybe more convenient or something. I'm not sure. Why do you do it? But I guess that's the same case with most things in life. Sometimes we eat healthy and sometimes we eat things we know we shouldn't. Sometimes we have a few drinks and sometimes we have way too many. So I guess it's probably all right if we mess up every once in a while, as long as we do our part for the majority. Sorry, that was a little bit of a rant, but let's get back on topic. Okay, so what's causing people not to care? Maybe it's the overwhelming size of the problem we face. In my experience, I think the sheer size of the problem often intimidates people into not even trying and developing a screw-it attitude. Have you ever faced a problem so difficult you didn't even try? I definitely have. It's one of the harder pills to swallow, but that's just human nature. Sometimes the problem of Sometimes the scope of a problem itself can overwhelm us, especially when we've got so many other things we've got to pay attention to, like school, work, possibly kids, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a spouse, etc. I think that makes the most sense. I think a lot of us care, but we have to push it to the side to deal with things going on that we deem to be more urgent at the moment. Could it be laziness? I personally don't think laziness has much of an impact, as some would think. After all, How hard is it really to turn off a light switch or turn down the heat a little? Laziness implies that the person failing to act understands that they should be doing the right thing and deliberately chooses not to. But hey, I could always be wrong. Could it be that the threat of climate change isn't urgent enough? In my opinion, I believe that the perception of climate change being a far-off problem is the main factor in most people's lethargic approach to tackling it. We don't prioritize events that are 10 years away over the problems we might face today. I think that's probably the largest hurdle we all have to get over. Hell, I couldn't even get this script done on time, and the deadline was laid out right in front of me. It's incredibly hard to get people to make room in the hectic lives that they have today. And add in another huge issue for them to worry about. Well, I think that's enough talking for me. So for this final part of the episode, I'd like to welcome three guests of a similar age group and demographic to answer the question. What do you think is the main reason for our lethargic approach towards climate action? The only twist is they're from three very different parts of the country. 
from the south, from here in Colorado, and from back home in California. Please welcome three of my best friends in a few phone calls. All right, I'm on the phone with Hunter here, and uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, Hunter. I'm Hunter Greenlee. I'm from Fort Collins, Colorado. All right, Hunter. Um, so, in your opinion, what do you think is the cause for America, generally Americans and possibly probably the rest of the world's lethargic approach to climate change? You know, I think a lot of times it's just human nature to avoid problems until I'm sorry. Could you say that again? You sound muffled. Yeah, I think it's just human nature a lot of times to uh, ignore problems until they're uh, right in front of us. You know, we kind of see that with natural disasters like hurricanes and tornadoes and stuff like that. All right. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And uh, we've heard a lot of that. Uh, other people I've called today have said very similar answers. So I'm beginning to think that that's probably about the consensus. Yeah, and I think, too, there's a, you know, the climate's always changing, and people can use that as an excuse for uh, to not do anything and, like you said, be lethargic. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, uh, thank you for your input, Hunter. That, uh, that just about seals the deal. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you. Have a good one. Hey, my name's Zach Martin. I'm from Greenback, Tennessee. Yeah, all right, Zach. So what do you think is the reason for the common lethargic approach towards acting on climate change? I believe that it is man's duty to want to do it. Okay, and what does that really mean? Well, that means that... Uh, it's because of us that nothing's really getting done and that uh, that climate change is actually happening. Yeah. We need to quit polluting this earth, let the atmosphere breathe. <laughs> yeah. Well, what makes you think, like, why do you think that we're all so uh, late to act on it? Is Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, well, I think we're all just lazy. Nobody really wants to put any work in. they just rather it just happen on its own. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty. Uh, yeah, I'd say that's pretty uh, valid. All right, well, uh, thank you, Zach. No problem, Robert. All right, all right have fun at work. Thank you. <laughs> all right, that was uh, Zach Martin from Greenback, Tennessee, and those are his thoughts. And uh, on to the next call. All right, hey, Robert, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Robert Stratton. I'm a student at Cal State Channel Islands. All right. Um, I'm happy to be here today. <laughs> All right. And where are you from, Robert Stratton? I'm from Ojai, California. All right. That's pretty close to my own hometown, isn't it? Yes. All right. Don't throw away. <laughs> All right, Robert. So what is, in your opinion, the leading reason behind Americans' lethargic approach to tackling climate change? I think there are two kind of approaches to it. I think that um, there's a political reason and... Uh, a realistic and humanistic reason. I think the political reason is because uh, coal mining industries and other um, inefficient ed energy sources lobby so much money into uh, politicians. So, and that's the reason why it's still a political issue is because it hasn't been acted on um, as far as or, uh, by the government. And I think the realistic and more humanistic reason 
um, why there hasn't been change is because it's not climate change isn't in your face. It's not an in your face issue like um, like the George Floyd incident or Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. Or even COVID-19 where um, it, it has to go viral before any change happens or before it really affects people because social media kind of runs the world nowadays. So you're saying it's kind of like there's just a lack of urgency to it because we're not currently experiencing the negative effects. I mean, we are, but not in the way that we will in the future. Exactly. And the thing is, is when we get to how it will be in the future, it's not going to be reversible like how, uh, I mean, I'm not going to say Black Lives Matter is reversible, like or how uh, we can fix the change um, or change what needs to be fixed, like how Black Lives Matter is um, achieving these their goals right now. And when it comes to uh, climate change, we're not going to be able to make those changes. It's going to be too late. And since we are in a situation where um, it's not in your face it, and we're not experiencing firsthand like some uh, countries like the Maldives, yeah. we're kind of uh, desensitized to it and pretty privileged. Yeah, that's honestly, that's a really good take, Robert. Well, thank you for uh, answering the call and uh, have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Robert. All right, that just about wraps things up for this episode on our slowness to act on climate change. The most popular answer from three of my friends I interviewed was that it doesn't have the same urgency as other movements, and therefore it tends to get pushed back onto the back burner. I think many of us do this, and I mean, that's just something we've got to change. And uh, that's all for episode two, and hopefully I'll see you back for the final episode. See ya.